Praise the Lord. Welcome to the broadcast today. Cross time with Pastor Curtis. I'm excited to be here. We're in the book of Galatians, and uh, this is going to be our fourth session here on December the 1st, 1st, 2017. We're digging in, but before we get into that today, I just want to remind you, I have uh, written a little book called All God's Works Are Done in Truth. It's uh, derived from Psalms 33.4. It'll bring a lot of clarity to you, to your heart concerning the scriptures, and it will remove a lot of confusion. And $15 will get you this little copy, and so we'll send it right to you very fast, and I hope you get your copy today. Uh, as uh, Again, once you learn the truth, who it is and what it is that makes Christ the truth to you, then the, all, the, all the scriptures begin to make sense and all the scriptures begin to, uh, you're able to understand them more clearly and, and a lot of the things that we've been confused about gets pushed out of the way. Uh, and I'm just excited about the, the advancement, the increase of knowledge the Lord is bringing into the church today. But only those who are walking in the truth are receiving that. And so uh, we're, we're excited here at Crossway Church about what the Lord is doing. I want to remind you, all these uh, teachings and all our services are uploaded to our website, thecrosswaychurch.com. Uh, and they're also uploaded to our my YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. And I encourage you to go there. If you like watching live on Roku, you can do that. Go find the channel sermon.net and just type in Crossway Church. And then from that point on, every time you click on that channel on Roku, sermon.net, Crossway Church will just pop up there and you can click on it. You can watch our services live there. Uh, you can go back and all the messages are stored there, and that's what all our messages are uploaded to. So uh, I just praise God for the opportunity. A couple more things. Uh, as of yesterday, we have mailed 545 expositor study Bibles to uh, inmates across Texas and Arkansas that request these Bibles. And I want, I, I'm, I'm announcing that because I want to thank publicly those online that give monthly to help us do that. And we're praising the Lord for you. One last thing this morning, and that is starting uh, this next Tuesday night at 7 o'clock Central Time on Facebook, I'll begin sharing uh, right there on my Facebook page the uh, teachings that I've been recording concerning God's uh, The Place for Grace, Humility. The Place for Grace, Humility. It's a brand new broadcast I'm recording. It's called God's Word in Truth. So you can look for that beginning next Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Central Time. And don't forget to pray uh, for all these people that we know that are battling some kind of infirmity. I have a list of people here, Amy and Whitney and Sadie Mounts and Lori August and Kimberly Starnes, uh, Tammy Stevens, Pam Lawrence. And, uh, and there's more that you know of that I know of. And before we get into the Word this morning, we're going to ask the Lord to bless us with our bread that we need every day. And we're going to ask Him for a miracle for these people and all those that you uh, know that need a miracle today. Because we are a people who believe in miracles because we serve a miracle-working God. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we thank You for the opportunity to be, Lord, in this place with Your Word open before us, Lord, 
Lord, prepared to hear from you today. We ask for a greater revelation of knowledge. God, we ask that, Lord, the grace and the knowledge of your Son, Jesus Christ, would be increased in our hearts today. Lord, that when we hear your word today, it would not be, Lord, just words. It would be, Lord, we would believe your word in truth. We would receive your word in truth in a way that it liberates us and brings us further along in the things that you have planned for us. And, and we pray, Father, today that you would bring, Lord, your healing hand into every one of these lives that we've named, Lord, every one of these situations, Lord, and even the ones we didn't call out, Lord, that you know about. We pray, God, that today would be the day that they experience that healing touch, that delivering touch, that provisional touch that only you can bring. And we praise you and we thank you for it today as we surely expect to see it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Well, praise God, we're in the book of, or the letter to the Galatian church. And and the way I see uh, all these letters that God the Holy Ghost gave Paul to send to these churches really was not God's intention that it be limited to them. If that's the case, we can rip it out and throw it out. But that's not the case. God's intention, and only God knew it at that time. No, no, no. Paul did not know, I don't believe for a second, that re- Paul really knew that his what he was having to say would just go on and on and on and on forever and would literally be used of the Lord the way it has been. <clears throat> he might have known but I don't, I don't really think that was on his mind. He was specifically focused on those people and uh, that he had ministered to. And, and ho- hopefully, uh, surely he had some degree of thought in his mind that their children, their grandchildren would grow up in this. And, and, uh, but here we are today with the Word of God. And it is so valuable. It's the most valuable thing we have uh, on, the, on the planet today is the Word of God. Because through our knowledge that comes by our faith in God's Word uh, comes our relationship with, with the Lord, our salvation of the Lord, our strength and hope and, and joy and peace. And everything that we long for comes through our faith in what God has said about His Son. And we place our faith in Jesus and what he did at Calvary, and then we begin to understand the word of God that literally begins God's word of righteousness that leads us in the path that he would guide us down. Amen? Praise God. So the reason uh, Paul wrote this letter, and, and, and I... And I I always kind of hesitate uh, when I say Paul wrote this letter because this is really from the Lord. This is from the Lord. It's okay to say what I said. Paul wrote the letter. He did. He was the man that God worked through. That's the only way God works is through people. Uh, You could be watching this broadcast today lost and get saved through the Word of God coming forth. We're just vessels. God's the one who delivers. God's the one who imparts. If, if anybody gets taught anything at all, it's because the Holy Spirit's teaching you. And we're just vessels for God to flow through. So it's okay to say that, but really we need to see the deeper uh, picture, and that was God reaching for the, the churches in Galatia. God was after them because He loves us, and He desires to save all people. Don't care what folks teach. Jesus died for everybody. It's not God's will that any be lost. He's reaching for everybody. He loves everybody. The worst of the worst of sinners, God loves them. 
Amen. Thank God, hallelujah, that he loves us and keeps reaching for us or none of us would ever been found by him. He'd have quit a long time ago. So the reason he, he wrote this letter to these churches, and we'll see it beginning today, is, is because they had gotten saved and they were on track, but when Paul left, false teachers came along and began to spew out false doctrine and begin to just flat out do the same thing the devil's been doing since day one, did God really say? I mean, if you think back to the Garden of Eden, Adam had everything he had, dominion over all the blessings, no shame, no sin, no, nothing but perfection, and, and as long as he believed God. But when he stopped believing God, he lost it all, my friend. And, and see, it was that other voice that came in after the voice of God. And we need to know today, whenever we get born again, there is another voice coming. It is coming to you. The Bible says, I'm always reminded of this, the day that David was anointed king over all of Israel, the Bible says at, right at that moment when they heard about that, all the Philistines rose up. Because as soon as you come to the Lord God through Christ and what he did at Calvary, there's another voice coming to knock on your door. You, you can be as sure of that as you're breathing right now. If you have been saved, another voice is coming. If God has brought you back to Calvary by a great miracle like he's done us wandering religious, legalistic folks who uh, have been Christians for years, he brought us miraculously back to faith and grace back to faith in the cross alone, I'm telling you, in the last 12, 13 years, there's been lots of voices that come knocking on the door. If you're walking in the faith, even if those voices don't change you, they're going to come and follow you to try to change those that God's used you to bring into the kingdom or he's used you to get back on track. You know, and it's a shame that those other voices sometimes can be a husband, a wife, a son, a daughter, a mom, a dad, a, a grandmother that's loved us so dearly all our lives. That other voice, it, it, it can come through anybody. Those that love you, that seem to love you the most, that other voice can come and try to get you back into law instead of in the faith. And that's what the whole, really the whole letter to the Galatians is really about is people being uh, drawn away, not really by false teachers, but the lust of their own flesh through false teachers to get back under the law instead of to stay in the faith. Amen? So uh, let's read uh, verse 6 is where we're going to begin today. And Paul says, and, and really, again, when I see this, I, I really like to think that the Lord was saying this through him. That it wasn't just Paul marveling, it was the Lord. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ into or unto another gospel. And, and I want to make some, I, I read this, and I don't remember who I got this from, but uh, I read it in some book concerning Galatians, and it says Paul's letter is really about four things to the churches in Galatia, and it's really all four of these things begin with the letter D. Number one, it's the declaration of the gospel. Number two, it's distortion. It's the correction of the distortion of the gospel. Number three, it's the distinction 
of the gospel, what it is and what it is alone. And number four, it's about the defense of the gospel. Let me go over those again. This letter really is, is a, the focused on really when you study it out, this whole letter to the churches in Galatia uh, overall is about the Lord declaring the gospel to them again, correcting the distortion of the gospel, and pointing out the distinction of the gospel and bringing about a defense of the gospel. And to marvel means to wonder in amazement, to be surprised at the unexpected. And as I read commentary on Paul's journey, it, uh, it talks about uh, Paul went up into mountains that were cold, and, 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 and these people were, I think, the, 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 the people of that little that place was called Gaul and uh, G A U L, as I as I read in the commentaries, and 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 I think one of the commentators said Paul was amazed that the Jewish, the false prophets, the Judaizers, would follow him to that degree to even go up into the icy mountains across the the cold mountains to follow him to any degree to try to change converts to keep them under the law. And I understand in a time period like they lived uh, that it was, it was a hard transition to make from having known and been under law all those years and having been God working through the law in all those years uh, through the ritual ceremonies and all that and animals blood shed, but when somebody shows up on the scene and, and somebody is working miracles, claims to be born of a virgin, never commits a sin, never can even be accused with legitimate proof of a sin, and then raises the dead, opens blinded eyes, heals the sick, I mean raises the dead, and then himself comes back from the dead. I mean, then that should be enough to say, okay, there has been some massive transition here. So that and, and so what I'm the point I'm trying to make is here even though the transition was tough Jesus showed up to make that transition viewable acceptable and if somebody anybody followed him and was used of him that means everybody could follow him and be used of him and everybody had the same chance an opportunity to make it through that tough transition so the judaizers the, the the legalist people of that day who wouldn't let go of the law even even though they used scripture they would come behind paul the apostle and they would use scripture just like paul was using scripture but here's the difference they were using scripture to point out all the law and and paul was using scripture to point out everything had been accomplished by christ and that you're saved by faith alone and you and I have to make that decision every day. Will we continue to walk by faith or will we begin to not knowingly, unawaringly place, you know, get in pride and place our faith in something we're doing? And it's very easily it's to be in a place where we're subtly not even aware of it trying to manipulate God. And God can't be mocked. God can't be manipulated. We'll either get in line with his one way he works in or we'll be without his help. 
And I know it gets quiet when the preacher says something like that because preachers all across the land are saying God will still help you even when you're out of the faith. But we'll see when we get on over in the fifth chapter that that is an emphatic, all-out, absolute lie. We are outside. The Bible says here we remove ourselves from him. We may be crying out to God to help us, but if we've removed ourselves from him, he can't help us. All the promises of God come through our faith in Christ. If he spared not his only son, Romans 8.32, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him, my faith in him, what he did at Calvary, how shall he not with him freely give me all things? But when I remove myself from him, I am no longer with him. Revelations teaches he's outside the church trying to get back in. That means they're no longer with him. Amen. This is very important. This is, this is why the reach of God to these churches and to the churches today all across the world because God wants to be in fellowship. God wants us in the place where he can pour his blessings out upon us where when we hold, when the devil throws a fiery dart, we can hold that shield up and watch it collapse and watch him flee. That's where God wants us to walk. That's where we all can walk. But if our fellowship is not with God, even if in ignorance, we can be crying out to God but if our faith is not in the cross alone he, the only help God can give someone whose faith is not in the cross is to send someone whose faith is and tell them that just like this church and several other churches being raised up across the land today and, and preaching the message of the cross, that is the knock on the door. There is no knock on the door of the heart outside the message of the cross. There, there is no coming back to God through repentance except coming back to faith in the cross alone. There is no fellowship with God except through the cross alone. Amen. Everything else is law. Praise God. So uh, he, and I want us to notice that, that, and, and the Lord's been showing me something, something even uh, from what I shared when, uh, Monday night at prayer, something about, you know, the, the psalmist and the writers of the old covenant saying, you know, uh, some phrase about the Lord's face being turned away from us, or, and it, the Lord never turns his head from his people. He never turns away. What we do, I said, what we do, is that we turn away from the countenance of his face. God is always looking. God is always seeking. God is always attempting to get our attention. And he can't do that if he's turned his back on us. We're the ones who turn away from his countenance. We turn away from his leading. We turn away from his guiding and his provisions. Even most of the time when we don't know we have. Because see, the, the desire in the heart to know God more and to be like God won't, won't be the answer for you. The lie to Eve was you'll be like God. Oh, that's what I've been looking for. You got to be careful what your desire is really after. Our desire is to be like the Lord, but we can, it can only happen if we're con being conformed into the image of Christ. And here it gets detailed in the New Testament and says when we're being conformed into the image of his death. Did you get that? 
So everybody wants to be like God. Even those Judaizers wanted to be like God, but they thought they could do it through the law. And it cannot happen. Under the law, we're separated from God. There's no fellowship under the law. It's a place people are shut up and faith can't function under the law. Amen. The the Bible says the law is not of faith, and anything not of faith is sin. That's something that needs to be said again. The law is not of faith, and anything not of faith is sin. So anything I think I have to do to be born again is a sin. Outside of my faith in Christ alone and his sacrifice. It's all a sin. Anything I put my faith in outside of Jesus Christ and what he did for me, which is the faith of the Son of God that loved me and gave himself for me, when I put my faith in anything else, that's a sin because it's law. Amen. So I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you. He called you into the grace of Christ. Did you see that? Our calling was into the grace of Christ. That means, it says here, unto the grace of Christ. Now that's really twofold. The grace of Christ is twofold, and I hope we learn something here. At least I hope the Holy Spirit can get this into our hearts this morning. We were called into the grace of Christ. That means we were called into, well, first, before I tell you what it is, we got to make sure we're defined, well-defined on the grace of God. It is what God does for us. We can't do for ourselves that's good, and we don't deserve it. The grace of God is God doing something for me that's good. I can't do myself, and I don't deserve it. So watch this. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ. The grace of Christ. And again, that's twofold. The grace of Christ is that Hebrews 2, 9 Hebrews 2 and 9 tells us that Jesus, by the grace of God, tasted death for all men. God was in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 19. God was in Christ reconciling sinners to himself. See, it was the grace of God at work. By grace, Jesus Christ tasted death for all men. Jesus even had to live by grace. He had to live by grace through faith because he's our example. He is the perfect man. He's the God man, the son of God, the son of man. And he lived by faith. He lived by grace through faith. He died by the grace of God. And that is the grace of Christ. That's the only place it's offered. So when we receive what God did, because he loved us so much, he gave his son, what God did in Christ on the cross for my sins, that's where I receive the grace of God. It's the grace of Christ. Here it is. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the place of Christ, the grace of Christ. The place that God works, you see, God works in Christ alone. 
for Christ is our truth. Amen? He said, I'm the truth. That means Psalms 33, 4 that tells us, for the word of the Lord is right and all his works are done in truth. That means God only works in Christ. He doesn't work outside of Christ. He only works in Christ. We have to abide. That means continue and remain in Christ. Jesus taught in John 15. And his word, abide, continue, remain in us. If we're going to be fruit bearers. Amen. So I want to make sure we know that when we read the phrase, we're called into the grace of Christ, that's twofold. We're called into the grace that Christ offered and he died by the grace of God. That's where he offered the grace he died by continues to flow through his death into our lives. And when our faith is no longer in the cross, even when we say it is, but we're buying uh, the purpose-driven books and, and, and being told if we do these three things, then God will, that's law. That's law. If anybody is trying to push anything on you except pointing you to the Calvary, that's law. These people that go into these women centers and men centers, if they're not carrying the message of the cross into those places, they will help no one. Now, even if they use the Bible, they will help no one because the Lamb of God is the light. And the word of God is the light, and Jesus is the light. And Jesus says, if you follow me, you'll have the light of life, and you won't walk in darkness. But he also taught it's going to take your faith in the cross to follow me. So when we righteously, rightly divide the word of God, we see there is no light outside the Lamb, which means the cross, and there, the word of God in that context. So when we... And listen, for those people who think they can't remove themselves from the Lord or when people do remove themselves from the Lord, uh, that things can just keep going as they are. No, once we move our faith from the cross, we're just going through the motions. We're just on a treadmill now. We're going to church. We got our Bible chapter every morning. We're praying for half an hour, and we're just beating the air, as Paul put it. We're just, we've got a form, but now there's no longer any power because the power of God is only found as we're in fellowship with God. We're just now on a treadmill beating the air. We're like robots. We've become puppets on the devil's uh, strings. Yeah, just keep reading that chapter. Just keep pr- The devil will tell you, just keep reading the Bible. Just keep praying. The devil will tell you, just keep going. I'm telling you, the devil will tell you, just keep going to church. Just keep reading the Bible. As long as you're not getting the message of the cross, as long as your faith is not in the cross, because reading the Bible and going to church and praying and fasting and all those other things are not going to deliver you from your sin. It's not going to keep you in fellowship with the Lord if your faith is not in the grace of Christ. You were brought into the grace of Christ, called unto, into the grace of Christ. That means faith in what he did at Calvary. That, let me read it again, Hebrews 2, 9. Let's just turn over and look at it. Why don't we do that smart thing this morning? We got a Bible, let's take advantage of it. Hebrews, oh, I love the Word of God. Hebrews 2, 9, but we see Jesus. Mm, my Lord, that's make you tingle all over right there. 
If you want to see Jesus, you read that, you get excited. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, that he, by the grace of God, do you see it there, highlight it, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. You know, the grace of God that Jesus tasted death by is the only grace being offered by God to man. You see, you and I must taste death as well. We have to die with Christ. We have to place our faith in what he did at Calvary. And when we do, we die with him. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Hallelujah. Romans 6 says we've been crucified with him, buried with him, and raised to newness of life in him. Praise the Lord. We have to die. And it's only by the grace he tasted death by. When our faith is in what he did, we, we, we've heard that call, we've come to that call, we've believed, and we've been called into fellowship with the Father and the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're in fellowship now. Through his faith in his death. That's how we got into the grace of Christ. But Paul here says, I marvel... I am amazed in wonder, surprised. This has so unexpectedly caught me off guard that you are so soon removed from him. We could stay right here for weeks and weeks because, and I need to say this again, if we've been duped, if we've been seduced, and some of you I see on Facebook are starting to watch and listen to Brother Curtis and you're starting to hear the truth in God's Word and you know that you've been seduced for years. You've sat under false ministers. We all have. We've been, du- we've been seduced by the devil too long by preachers that act like they love us and they might in the natural, but they can't love us in the Spirit. If they're not giving us the truth, if they're not preaching the truth to us, and the truth is a man named Jesus and what he did at Calvary, hallelujah. And you might be watching and say, well, I thought all of God's word is the truth. You're exactly right it is. Thanks for bringing that to the table. But Jesus, the one who said, I am the truth, also said the scriptures are talking about him. And James called the Bible the law of liberty. So God's word will liberate you if you stand fast in the liberty wherewith he made you free. And that's what he did at Calvary. It's when we hear these uh, things that sound so wise and so good and they, they look right and they appear right. And the Bible says there's a way that seems right to us, but the end of that way is death. And death is separation. Hadn't said this in a long time, but we need to mention it. Death is separation. When Adam ate of the tree, him and Eve, God had told him he'd die. The day he ate of that tree, he would die. The day he ate of that tree, he did not fall dead immediately, but there was a great separation farther than we will ever know on this side of glory if we ever know it. But there was a great separation that took place. Adam would be separated from the tree of life, the garden. He would be separated from a place of perfection. He would be separated now from a body that would live forever or trapped in it, or that, this body now that would die. And most of all, he would be separated from the God. God who loved him and gave him all things. 
The Bible says in the book of Psalms that the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth, think about this, the earth he gave to man. The earth belongs to man. We lost it all because we were we removed ourselves from fellowship with God because we took our faith and put it in another voice. All Adam had to do was keep believing God and just bring correction to his wife. No, no, we're not eating of that tree. But he didn't. He, he even listened to her voice. See, it's always that voice. And those voices come with a little prestige behind them. Somebody took care of me, bought me food, paid my light bill. Somebody uh, is pretty and I'm kind of after them. It's always something of the flesh that gets a hold of us before the word, before that false word is able to pull us out there through the lust of our own flesh. And I've said that twice this morning because we'll see in this letter that Paul didn't blame the Judaizers. He blamed the folks who went after them. Oh, yes, the devil uses people, but it's always our own fault to be pulled because we're the ones who are in charge. I can follow who I want to follow. Amen. So he says, I marvel that you are so soon. This tells us this so soon, really when you look it up, it means a step taken without proper thought. Think about the dangers. And I'm going to give you an example this morning I hope can help you. My family and I, we grew up in a Baptist denomination. And thank God for the Baptist and the, and the message they teach on justification by faith in the cross of Christ. Thank God for, for that message in that denomination. But they also at the same time preach other things that we believe to be heresy. One of them being once saved, always saved, which that's not biblical. And another one is they deny and renounce and won't have anything to do with the baptism of the Holy Spirit that's all in the New Testament, especially the book of Acts. And when we came out of that denomination... Uh, we didn't come out of that denomination because we uh, just didn't believe in anything they were teaching or preaching anymore because I, I didn't know anything about uh, the baptism with the Holy Spirit. But when I got in the Word, I started studying the Word for myself, I started seeing there was more. There was more. For right now, there was more that I wasn't left here uh, just to try to uh, survive and exist and, 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 and you know maintain in the flesh that I, I could have power, be endued with power from on high. It's what the Word of God tells me. So, so when we moved 50 miles this direction, not knowing anybody, looking for a church, and we eventually ended up in a church that believed in the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And, 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 I, and I was seeing that taught and experienced on television, and I was reading it, most importantly, in the Word of God. And, and people in the early church was experiencing this baptism with the Holy Spirit. And, and, and I wanted that, and I wanted that. At that time, I wanted that more than anything because it was written, and I didn't have it, therefore I'm after it. Because I see, Peter said, it's not only for these, it's for you, your children, your children's children, and all who are the called of God. And I said, well, that means me. And I wanted what they had and what I was seeing other people had. And so I wanted that. And I was amazed that I never even heard anything about this. 30 years I'd never had heard it. 
And my point I'm going to make here this morning is you got to be careful when you start learning some things that are written, that are of God, that you've never heard about, and you may resist it at first, but if you'll follow the Word of God, He'll lead you right in to what is written. The experience of it. But the danger is, the, because with the experience of what God has said through your faith comes the experience, but with every victory, everything God is blessing you with, uh, great truths in your heart, comes that other voice. Every good message preached is followed by that other voice. That's why two people can sit in a worship service side by side and known each other for 40 years, hear the gospel, one man say yes and, and go out and become a minister and change the world, and the other man say don't want nothing to do with it because he's hearing another voice. If you're not born again today, it's because you're listening to another voice. Amen. And when you get born again, that other voice is still going to come to lead you. See, the devil, he can't remove the gospel. He can't deny the power of it because it defeated him. But he'll do everything within his own allowed by God power to distort it, to pervert it, to make it look like it's some other avenue. you got to walk down to get it. That other voice will always be there. It'll always be there, and it'll come through distinguished people. Nobody uh, out there without any teeth on the street corner uh, on crack is going to change our mind about the gospel, about the only way that God works is in the truth, and the truth is a man named Jesus and what he did at Calvary. Nobody, uh, People on the street corner on cocaine and heroin not going to change our mind, but it's somebody in when we're in trouble, we're hurting, and, 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 and some, the devil will send to people who, who are hurting just like God sends people to people who are hurting. The devil sends people because the devil knows if, if he can minister to us in our, in our hurt, our pain, our need, he will also bring in with the provision he will give false doctrine. Because we, I said we, I said me, 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 we, 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 have a tendency to run and just accept anything because they at least loved me and helped me. They loved me enough to help me. That's why years ago I was ministering to a guy that was Mormon. And he, uh, I kept giving him scripture. I kept giving him scripture. It was right in his face. He wouldn't accept it. He said, you might as well. And we were good friends, running buddies. And he said, you might as well stop with all that. My dad was a Mormon. He died a Mormon. I'll be a Mormon when I die. He said, you can't tell me that there's not power the power of God is not in the Mormons. He said, they came to my house. We cried together. That's what he told me. We cried together. I'm going to tell you what. I, listen, you can be an atheist and cry. I mean, it, crying? I cried a commercial. I cry all the time. I'm sorry to have to admit it. I'm not really, but I cry all the time. The devil, that other voice is coming. Those people who hear preachers like me, Brother Swagger, these other ministers that preach the cross, the word of God in the context of truth so that people can have their faith in the power of God and not the wisdom of man. Listen, when they hear that and they reject it, it's because they're still listening to another voice. 
Another voice tells you, well, you ain't got to listen to them. You know what kind of sin they used to live in. That other voice will do everything it can to keep you from getting the truth you need. Mm. It'll even tell you you've already got it. You don't need what they're preaching. It'll tell you you can stay in that church. It'll tell you you can stay in that church even though you're studying the Word of God in truth and you're learning it. Even though your preacher, he's not preaching it in truth. He's not pointing to the cross. He's preaching law and legalism. Man, those people are miserable and most confused and hurting because they won't obey God and get up and get out because that other voice is telling them you stay here and, and you can help them. That's that other voice. You can help them the most by getting up and getting out so they'll have to ask themselves, why did they leave us? And then when they call you and ask you, you can tell them. That's your best help to them, not staying there. Amen. That other voice. That other voice. If you're in a church and you're paying tithes and offerings and they're not focused on and preaching and teaching the message of the cross, you're supporting the law. You're supporting the snare of the enemy. Think about it. Bless God, I don't agree with that because you're listening to that other voice. Amen. We're to be led by the Spirit of God. Paul here is shocked. He's amazed. He's unexpectedly surprised. He's in awe. What in the world am I being told that you've removed yourself from him who's called you into this grace of Christ unto another gospel? That means some, and he goes on to verse 2, he says, which is not a gospel. Let me get back over here. This Bible's pretty new, so it, it hadn't got used to me yet. So, Now watch this. Verse 7, which is not another. That means there's not another. There's no other good news from God. Paul breaks out in his letter to the Corinthians and says, look. I didn't come to you with words of man's wisdom to give you the testimony of God. And then he tells them what the testimony of God is. If you're listening to somebody that's not using the scriptures to point you to Calvary, you're listening to someone who's holding God's word in unrighteousness. And the wrath of God from heaven is, re- is being revealed against them. They don't have to know it. They don't have to know it because, listen, God's wrath is, is God's opposition against. When we think of God's wrath, I think everybody's focused on the wrath that's coming, the seven tribulation years of, of the worst time. Listen, right now, there's a, there's a different word for wrath right now than that wrath. And God's wrath right now that's being revealed from heaven against, against those who hold the truth in unrighteousness. That means they're holding and using, teaching and preaching and sharing God's word outside of the context that will allow him to effectually work in their lives. He's opposing that. God opposes, I don't care if we're using his Bible, the Judaizers were using the scripture and God was opposing them. Because they, what they taught were, 
in the, uh, if you're a Bible-believing Christian, you have to believe this. What the Judaizers came and taught behind Paul was removing people from the grace of God, the grace of Christ. And they were teaching people that you're not really saved unless you're circumcised, unless you're following the ways of the law. Today, last night we were coming back from about an hour, 45-minute drive over close to Paris. Andrew played basketball, and we come in. We were coming into Mount Pleasant, big, beautiful, gorgeous Church of Christ. And I'm not being ugly today. I pray that some Church of Christ folks hear this. Because in that denomination, they emphatically, absolutely, concretely stand on that if you're not water baptized, you're not saved. Here, that's law. That's law. When the Bible says he that believes and is baptized shall be saved, that's not talking about water. If it was, then we're saved by works and God's a liar because he said we're not saved by any works that we should do. Amen. So when I tell somebody you're not really saved till you're water baptized, that means I'm removing them from the grace of God. And I'm saved by the grace of God. And even if I got truly saved and then I got mixed up in a church of Christ, if I stay there and I don't come out, even though I got saved, literally born again, and then I somehow ended up in a ministry, a denomination that teaches you're not really saved until you're water baptized in a part of the church of Christ, the denomination, then i got to say this, I'll never live in victory. I'll be most miserable. Now, that's the least. Now, if I ever resort to, to believing in my heart that I wasn't really saved till I got water baptized, then I'll lose it all. Because we're not saved by any works that we would do. Titus 3 and 5. We're not saved by any works of righteousness. We're not, that's all through the New Testament. Do you get that? That's that other voice. That's that other voice. It's built denominations and that, that allows that other voice to say, have a greater testimony to his lie. Well, do you think the, the Lord could be able to allow these people to go on? The Lord allows anything to go on. You can stay in your mess, start a whole denomination, and start teaching that if people don't have blonde hair and blue eyes, they ain't going to heaven. God's not going to wipe them out. They're just not going to make it. See, the devil, he, he's been, he, he, he's been, his, that voice gains more momentum the more we stay under the law and believe that other voice, then when we come out, we put him to shame. We remind him of his defeat. And though there are those big buildings in every city and town in America, even if it's in the smallest poverty-stricken town, a little tiny metal building, that voice is still in that town telling that lie. But the more people that flock to the law, it gives the enemy a greater occasion for his voice to be greater in their lives. And it gives, listen, it gives people in the world an occasion to stay in the flesh. 
That's why God's raising up men and women like Paul today who will stand in the grace of God and be determined to know nothing else. It was a shock to Paul. And these Christians, make no mistake about it, they had no idea they had removed themselves from the grace of Christ. They thought, just like Eve, they were moving on into the deeper things of God. But Paul didn't quite cover it all. See, that's what the devil started with. That's really the only lie he's got. Did God really say, you're not going to die. You're just going to be like God. Because a true Christian or even somebody who's not a true Christian who God is trying to deal with and convict of sin and their desire, well, I need, I, well, it's obvious, you know, I need to be like God. And the devil is going to be right there beside the preacher of the gospel preaching his false doctrine. Ever, as I said earlier, every good message has got a bad, mas- bad message, a lie, right along beside every one of them. Every time the gospel is preached, there will be another voice coming, and that's what's happened to these people in these churches of Galatia. The enemy, the enemy, the thorn in Paul's flesh, the messenger of Satan. Again, that's what all religions are, is the messenger of Satan. Because Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship with Jesus Christ. Through faith in the cross alone. Let me read some of this. I've got about 10, 11 minutes. These Judaizers knew and quoted Scripture efficiently, but error was wrapped with Scripture. Error that's wrapped in Scripture will lead people astray who are not learning and holding fast to the whole counsel of God. And hear me on the whole counsel of God today, which is knowing, seeing, and believing all of God's word in truth, which is in the context of the man, Jesus Christ, and what makes him the truth to us, the cross. Amen. Mm. Don't ever forget that. They use scripture just like preachers of the cross use scripture. But it's the object of faith that either allows or disallows fellowship with God. You're not in fellowship with God because you're in a praise and worship service praising His holy name. You've heard me tell this through the years. There was a Muslim in the church I used to be in, and with hands lifted, tears rolling down his cheek for week after week after week, it looked like he was one of us until he approached me one day and said, I want to get a little meeting scheduled with you and and let you know that our Koran is just like your Bible. I said, yeah, we need to have a meeting. And his last words to me after the meeting was, I just can't call Jesus Lord. I can't call him God. And I said, well, I just wanted you to know that your Koran is not like our Bible, that Jesus is Lord. He is God. Amen. Amen. So he was not in fellowship with God because it appeared he was. Hands lifted, tears on the cheek. And I know that's an extreme, but he wasn't even saved. But catch this, and don't ever forget this. Just because you, born again, child of God, on your way to heaven, hallelujah, sanctified and set apart by the blood of Jesus, saved to the bone, filled with the Holy Ghost, if you've moved your faith from the cross to works, to Rick jo- uh, whatever Rick Warren's purpose-driven this, to your, your word spoken being now what your faith is in, and all these things that are out there, anything you put your faith in but Calvary, you're not in fellowship with the Lord. That's right. 
You can still cry tears. You can still cry out to God. You can still, listen, if my prayers can be hindered because I'm not treating my wife right, what can happen if my faith is just flat out not in the cross but in something I'm doing? I'm out of fellowship because I remove myself. God doesn't remove himself from me. He's promised he'll never depart from me. He'll never leave me or forsake me. But there's not a promise that I can't walk away from him. I can, right here it is, I can remove myself from him. That means fellowship with him. That means the place and the only place he can work and function effectively, profiting me, positively moving and, and allowing me to experience the benefits that he died for me to have. Amen. If I start listening to that other voice, and let me say it again, there's some beginning to watch, Brother Curtis, on Facebook. You're, you're listening to these broadcasts. You're, 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 you're seeing the posts that we post every day and how all ever scriptures related to Christ and what he did at Calvary. And the Holy Spirit is moving in your life right now. Don't listen to that other voice. That other voice will make every excuse as to why you can't come and be planted in this ministry if you live in this area. That other voice will cause you to fear men that are, instead of have the fear of God. That other voice will make you think that you are drawing near to God just like Eve thought she was when you're actually perishing. You're separated from fellowship. Oh, but you're in church and your hands are lifted and your eyes are crying and you're shouting the praises to God and you're asking for God's help but you're out of fellowship with him so that means it's to no avail see how we can be deceived we think others can be deceived most churches think that all other churches are deceived except for our church <laughs> prideful we are so prideful. God's only moving right here. That's a lie. You'll never hear us say that. Although we preach with such confidence and preach the truth with such clarity, by the grace of God, the Spirit of God, people will accuse us of that kind of thing. Never said it, never will, because God can move on your tractor out beyond the barn in the rice field. God can move out in the middle of the ocean. God can move wherever God can get the truth to somebody that will believe it. God will move. God will work. God will save, heal, deliver, and feel. He will do great and mighty things, but he will only do those things in the truth. Don't listen to that other voice. We preach that scripture, Psalms 33, 4, for the word of the Lord is right. It is truth. And when believed in truth, all God's works are done in truth. When received as truth for me, liberating truth through faith in Christ, the only way that I can be liberated in what he did at Calvary, the Holy, the Holy Spirit will move in my life. But there's another voice saying you're using that scripture out of context. No, we're not. There's another voice. They can't prove it, but they just say it. 
Because that other voice does not want you having the liberty that you can have, having the clarity and the understanding that God wants you to have. He wants you to keep working for it. He wants you to keep crying for it. He wants you to keep begging for it. But it's already been given. It's already been offered. It's already been laid on the table. Glory to God. The bread of life has been put forth and offered and you can grow today if you'll stop listening to that other voice. Hallelujah. The voice of God the first time you accepted the voice as being the voice of God. You might, we heard the voice of God, didn't know it was the voice of God when he was trying to get the truth to us. To us. But the first time we ever accepted, this is God talking to me. This is God offering me salvation. It was him talking about his son Jesus and what he did at Calvary. And all of God's word, Jesus is our genesis. He's our revelation. And if God's saying anything to us, us, he's saying it right through Calvary, hallelujah, or it ain't God. And if you want the understanding of what God is saying, you can only hear him through Calvary. Through the blood. My Lord, I'm about to get happy in here this morning. Woo! My goodness, well that's too narrow-minded, that's too single-minded. Well, call it what you will, but it's only that other voice that's telling you that. God's always only had one way. He's always only had one. And when he showed up, he said, I am the way. Not another one. Doesn't exist. I'm the gospel of God. I'm the good news of God. I'm the bread from heaven. I'm the light from God. I'm everything you need. And anybody telling you anything else is another voice. A Judaizing voice trying to get you out of the faith or keep you from the faith and to keep you or prevent you from ever coming to grace which we come to through faith in the cross of Christ. What, the, what he marveled at was that even though they had received great grace, great saving grace, by faith in Christ and his atoning work on the cross alone, they had now removed themselves from him that had called them into this grace. And they were being led away by another spirit. See, that other voice is another spirit. Hmm into a different message than that which Paul had ministered unto them. And I'm going to say this, even though we've talked about it. This removing of ourself from Christ is a forfeiting of fellowship. Didn't say you lose your salvation at that point. But I did say, and it is written right here, we have proof of it, we forfeit fellowship when we remove ourselves from Him because only with Him do we get all things freely. See, that word freely should come into play here. Romans 8.32. With him we freely. Everybody say freely. That means you leave your wallet at home. You can't buy salvation. You can't buy your healing. You can't buy peace and joy. You can't buy it. It's free. It's free. It's free. He paid for it. He did it. Now, I'm going to make this last comment. I made this comment at the very onset, uh, probably the first uh, portion, the very first session of this teaching, and it's something that just struck my heart. It's very powerful. I got this from a man named H.A. Ironside in his Romans and Galatians commentary, and it says this. It says, there is something about error when once it grips the mind of people, that makes it assume an importance in their minds that the truth itself never had. Mm -hmm. 
Think about that. If I've known the truth and the truth has brought me into salvation, into the grace of Christ, the truth has saved my soul, the truth has liberated me from sin, gave me God's forgiveness, made me a new creation in Christ. Now I'm a child of God. When I accept false doctrine, many have. Many have. It seems to, as this man says, it assumes an importance in our minds that we never gave the truth. Think about that. The truth coming into our heart should gain a position of, I'm determined not to know anything but this. It's written in the Bible. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not going to, even if you do love me, you do care about me, we are friends, I can't accept what that other voice speaking through you is trying to say to me. And a lot of us for years and a lot of people today are still holding steady to that other voice. That deception that has been given a place in the heart and the minds of God people. And it took the place of truth. The way the devil steals the truth, the word out of our heart, is always by replacing it with a lie. Amen. I hope that the Lord has been able to minister to you today. I hope that you'd share this message with your friends, your co-workers. There's about anywhere from two to four or five hundred that'll watch this broadcast. Hit the share button. Let somebody know what they need to know. Many we know are trapped in religion. Many we know are lost and undone. They need to hear the truth. The truth will make them free. Jesus taught that. Share this message and tune in every week with your pencil, your paper, and your Bible. And if you live anywhere near the Atlanta, Queen City, Texarkana, be here on Friday mornings at 9 o'clock. And until next Friday, God bless you. We love you. We'll see you then.